0: This is the voice of killer Cross. Right about now. We are about to take it to the max. This is the pretty badass Kelly Klein telling you to turn it to 11 and take it to the max. Hey,
1: everybody. It's the interview queen, Alicia Atu here, and you are currently listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. It's time to take it to the max.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Man House. Charismatic Enigma, Jeff Hardy. Welcome to the Madhouse! He is the former host of Sunday Segway Wrestling Podcast, once under the tutelage of Bill After. Today he is Breaking Barriers with DadCast, former two-time Knowledge Champion and Iron Bank Winner, Kenny Kimmel. Welcome to another edition of Max Wrestling in the Hot Seat. I am Mike Larkin. I am your host. The first ever Triple Crown champion in Max Wrestling history, fellow Max Wrestling captain, it's the podcast machine, the podcast who loves what he does, and joining me today for a special edition of In the Hot Seat is none other than former two-time knowledge champion, the host of Sunday Segway, 2019 Iron Bank winner, host of Dadcast with the Mandem, and friggin' my buddy, the one man with one half of Instagram, the man of many names, Mr. Kenny Kelly. Kenny, it feels good to be talking to you again. How are you? Yeah, I'm
1: good. Likewise, Mike. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, Your friendly brother from across the pond, you know, it is the one man with half an Instagram, Kenny Killer, back on the airwaves.
0: Yes, sir, and it's great to have you back on the airwaves, man. I think you. What's great about this is people don't even realize that you have had such an influx and overall effect on our overall talents, whether it be Daz, Butcher, myself. You've inspired and been our Yoda in (laughs) a way.
1: Well, I take that moniker, uh, you know um happily and um i'm you know you know you know me you know me you've known me for a while i'm always happy to help and you know you guys are are doing an amazing job um and you know it's just amazing to see how far you guys have come especially yourself with uh interviewing and and so on so yeah yeah i'm definitely proud of you guys and this and the things that you guys have done
0: thank you and we will touch upon this in the show but yes and i have to touch upon this because well we'll we'll discuss this first and then we'll we'll bounce around here but you will be back at trivia takeover in June you will be a part of the knowledge championship bout with current champion Moses Marquez defending against yourself the phoenix uh ella J, newcomer from a wrestling gal podcast and we got one more spot to fill and just for the record no it is not me since i am the iron bank winner this year so (laughs) i i look forward to seeing you back in the knowledge championship hunt because you won the inaugural knowledge championship back at trivia takeover in 2016 so it is your event kenny
1: yeah, well, I like to think so. I mean, you know, as time has gone on, you know, uh, trivia gets harder. I'm a, I'm an old school nut. I'm a '90s kid, so you know, uh, if you go going up to at least 2006, that's that's my strength. Um, anything post that is a bit sketchy, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. June could come any sooner.
0: Uh, well, I gotta say this: if you do happen to win, you will be the first ever three-time knowledge champion.
1: Well, you know, that would be a, a nice moniker to have, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just uh, – I know for a fact if I win, I can feel an Iron Bank cashing in, coming in shortly <laughs> sure. sure. from yourself.
0: You're, you're welcome. But, no, that's the thing with that, man. It's, it's so funny because if you look at the history of Iron Bank – First it was Phoenix, then it's you, now it's me. So, I mean, the former Knowledge Champions all went in Iron Bank, so it's a nice little feel to it. It's very cool. But, yeah, no, I think what's what's great about it is it's ha- great to have you back because when you think of the Knowledge Championship, we think of you, we think of me, we think of our reign. Here's the thing, and a lot of people don't even realize, because since we've reintroduced the Promo Championship, we've had Amir and Butcher do their thing from last year, but the, one of the best builds was Promo Mania 3, you and I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the rematch that you and I had.
1: Yeah, we uh, yeah, we did a, a lot of back and forth, man, over the years, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a nice kind of um thing to do, especially whereas you know on on Sunday Segway we used to do loads of different trivia, so for that to kind of carry on and then the promo stuff and it's just been such a nice thing to kind of be involved in and see how it's involved in new people being involved.
0: Of course, and I got to say this, and I, I, okay, I don't know if you remember this, but this is where we bounce around here. So when I first started getting into podcasting in like the summer of 2015, you were like the first person I came in contact with, but I think my first initiation, and I know you wanted me on the show and we had discussed this, but I'm like, Kenny, I got to set up Skype and stuff. And I'll be honest with you. The the thing was, at the time, I had a lot of family stuff going on. And my grandmother, unfortunately, was uh, sick. And my aunt was, too. My aunt had actually passed in 2016. So I'm like, let me get my head right and get get on this. But I got to say... Once everything, you know, I got through everything. One of my greatest accomplishments, I think, with podcasting is I got to do your show, Sunday Segway. And man, I remember doing a Macho Man impression, doing some fun trivia, naming some WCW champions. We had a lot of fun on that show, so I could say one of my one of my best moments was being on Sunday Segway.
1: Oh man, Sunday Segway is uh, such a such a blur because it was, you know, four years strong, and and I it evolved so much over the four years and you know, the countless of episodes and the countless of people that, you know, we had on. And I remember when I decided to kind of get in touch with you. And at that time, we were looking for new, you know, more people, new people from, especially from across the pond and different areas of the States. So it was, uh, it was nice to have someone who was very, um, you know, knowledgeable uh, along, uh, you know, along with myself, especially with the, with, the, with the business, how it was at that time. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a welcome addition to have you as part of the group.
0: Oh, man. And please, you know what it is to like, again, just dipping your toe into podcasting. And I mean, for me, uh, Max Wrestling was just starting at the time. But I was always curious because I remember seeing a lot of your stuff with Daz featured your interview with DDP in the magazines. And we're, we'll talk about your guests in a sec. But, man, I got to ask you, how did you even get involved with Max Wrestling? Because, like I said, you, Daz, we've all been tight for like X amount of years. So I was always curious to know how you got involved with Max Wrestling.
1: So, um, so, so Sunday segue. so we, you know, my, I prided myself on making sure that we got in t- contact with as many people as possible. We used the, the podcast, uh, to allow other wrestling fans who may have that stigma where they're the only person in their friendship group that likes wrestling, who wants to meet other like-minded people, um, to just shoot, shoot the breeze and talk wrestling. And, uh, you know, um... I always looked on Twitter and I was always looking at who was around and what people were doing and whether they were given an opportunity. And, uh, I came across Daz and, uh, you know, um, I saw that he was, uh, you know, he was interested in wrestling. Um, he was over here because I was doing a lot of stuff with people both over here and across the pond. Um, and you know, I saw the magazine that he was doing and I just thought, oh, this is cool, you know, I I haven't seen anything like this, you know, not over here in the UK, and, you know, I thought, let me give him a shout, and see if he's interested in, you know, interested in coming, you know, coming on the show, and um, seeing if we can have some form of a partnership, and, uh, you know, he he answered the call, I know he was a bit apprehensive at first, but he answered the call, came on to the show, um, and, you know, we then went on to form a partnership, where we would promote um, the magazine, and, then it kind of, you know, I kind of came up with the idea that we were able to boost Max Wrestling magazine, um, boost our show as well by having, um, you know, um, wrestlers, you know, interviewing wrestlers. And the thing is, with the interviewing wrestlers, it was something that I wanted to do to kind of progress the show and improve the show and add segments in. And it took me a while to figure out the best way to do that. Um, and one of those things was to have Max Wrestling offer a um, a centerfold um, kind of spread for the wrestlers, which would give them an incentive to, you know, come on the show and, and have an interview, and um, it just worked perfectly. And um, you know, having a, a kind of independent, you know, magazine, and it was an online magazine. Uh, people just were more interested than me, just kind of flat calling them and and seeing if they were interested. So, and it just took off from there. We, because of that partnership, we were able to interview countless and countless of countless of wrestlers. So. Um yeah, man, that's how Max Wrestling and Sunday Segway kind of got involved and in how I, you know, got
0: introduced to Daz. I think what's great about that time too is I remember coming and at the time it was known as the uh, Swerve Talk Network. Now we got the (laughs) Corner Network. I know, but yeah, what's, what's interesting about that is too, it's just it's amazing just to see all these podcasts being on that particular platform. And like I said, one of my things about you is like when I first when I first did a show with you, and I think a lot of people don't realize. So when you were the knowledge champion, and I first started doing stuff with Max, my first actual special was Promo Series 2016, and the first ever time you and I went head to head, I think it was a draw and then 2017 came around i started my reign and then you beat me then i beat you so i I always thought of it like this like you and i or phoenix and i were always going to be attached at the hip and i liked that because and Daz and i even say because you two were my biggest competition so that's why i always enjoyed like being around you besides just the fact that you were an amazing guy but i always always appreciated your knowledge for professional wrestling and i always thought you had one of the best minds
1: uh yeah likewise with yourself man i think it's um you know, it's a, uh, a thing where my mind is like a sponge. So when I like something, I, li- I like it, you know, and I'm all the way in. And it was the same with me with wrestling. And, you know, I kind of, ugh. it's weird with the trivia I d- because it means so much to me, you know, wrestling and growing up watching wrestling and the love I have for it since, you know, since was it uh, probably Raw Ro- uh, Rumble ninety one, which is my first kind of pay per view which I watched. You know, it's it's those things are ingrained in your memory. And again, we didn't have cable growing up, so it's you know we were just tape traded. So that's even more it, it was even more etched in my mind. You know, because of that nostalgia and because how hard it was to to watch it. So I yeah I, I definitely love the knowledge I have, and I love battling against other people who have similar knowledge to me because it's just just reminds me of great nostalgia.
0: Now, Kenny, I think this will make you smile because know we're bouncing around, but you actually made me laugh once you said Royal Rumble 91. Okay, so for those that don't know, since Ella J is one of your opponents of a Wrestling Gal podcast at Trivia Takeover, so for people who are unfamiliar with Ella J, she's relatively new in the podcasting game, Kenny, very much a sweetheart, such a pro in her own right. Dude, she's only 22 years of age. She's the, wow. youngest, she's the youngest competitor in the bout, but one of her things, and she goes, it's sad, but I'm like, no, it's actually very peculiar. Her favorite pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble, and she can name every Royal Rumble winner in order.
1: Nice. Nice. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. 22 years old, man, which means what? She was born when? 97. Uh, 97. 90, oh, my God. Makes me feel old, man. Oh, right? 97. That's the year I started secondary school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 97, man. Uh, 97 just when WWE were kind of coming into their own in terms of the Attitude Era and you know uh, that was one of Bret Hart's best best years man best years uh, you saw an involvement in his character so uh, yeah that year is definitely kind of fond in, in, my, uh, in my in in my my memory.
0: Oh of course I mean the iconic Bret Hart, Steve Austin Ken Shamrock there. Steve do you give up in the whole <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 13 one of the best years of men. Bret Hart and the Undertaker, Bret and Shawn, hell yeah Oh, hell yeah oh my goodness, but yeah man, so what, what's great about you two, and I gotta mention this as well besides the knowledge, besides Sunday Segway I've always appreciated, because you were talking about me coming as far as like interview wise I've always like really and I think you can agree with me, as a podcaster we love giving people the platform to tell their stories, and us being wrestling fans, and us being people that are so respectful and appreciate professional wrestling, I think you can agree with me it's always a cool feeling, because when you see people like like, for instance with this show, I've had on Killer Cross, we've had on Alicia Toot, and I've interviewed people on my on the mic with Mike stuff. It's very cool just to say, hey, I've interviewed that person, and they're on TV now. They're in WWE. They're in Impact Wrestling. They're in Ring of Honor. It's just cool to see their progression and know that you had a part in interviewing them and giving them the platform to tell their story.
1: Oh, dude, I swear down like that was the best part of Sunday Segway for me because it was it was at the time where I was doing it by myself and. It was a time where Daz and Phoenix yourself, Fame Black, um, you know, the guys from um, One Wrestling and, you know, it was, they were integral, integral to helping Sunday Segway um, kind of move to the next level in terms of having guests. And then when I when I started to interview wrestlers, it just took Segway to another level. And that was kind of the second half of Sunday Segway where, you know, we was in the latter years and getting into the into the 200 episodes and i mean when I, I i first started kind of interviewing a lot of indie talent and i mean like your lower level indie talent um at, you know as they were at that time and it was just a really good kind of opportunity to just hone your craft and in interview and so i would interview people like space monkey and interview people from like um ccw and things like that and um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a nice kind of learning curve and, um, like have, having, um, Halo Wicked from, from, um, uh, Ch- Chikara and stuff like that, you know, um, Icarus and all those kind of guys and starting there and then deciding, you know what, it's time to kind of step it up a bit and see if I can go after some other people. And it was like, okay, you know, you have your upper echelon, which is your former WWE guys. And then you have your guys who are on the peripherals, you know, at that time who are in RH and things like that and TNA. Um, and then, you know, uh, it just started getting better and better. And then I started interviewing people. Like, I think my, fir- my first big one was when I got Jake the Snake Roberts. That was, it's... for me, that was it. Like, I I mean, I don't think there was anyone at the level we were at, because we weren't a big, massive level in terms of podcasting at that time. But I don't think, I, I think I can honestly say that. I don't think anyone was interviewing the level of talent um, at that time, you know, in terms of where they are now um and at the level we were I don't think anyone was doing that and to have jake the snake roberts as my first one someone who I grew up and idolized you know as a as a wrestling fan and who loving heels as well at that time and uh, it was such a coup for me and it just gave me the push to kind of go further and further um I know you probably know you know when you got, got that first big one which you felt was that first big one it gave you the confidence to go forward
0: Man, I got I'll tell you about that in a sec. But I think if people go back into the Max Wrestling archives when they see like plugs for Sunday Segway, you will always hear, This is Jake the Snake Roberts, and you're listening to the Sunday Segway podcast. Trust oh, me. Man. Yes. That was another
1: thing, man. That was another thing of trying to make sure I can get each person that I interviewed to do a little, you know, um a little snippet, um, you know, uh for me to to kind of promote and have as a as a kind of um yeah, a little promo thing. But I mean, I interviewed some people, man Like, I'm, t- I'm just trying to think Like, I have I backed up everything All my interviews are backed up, so I still got got them all Um, and uh, Yeah, I still got I still got them all, and I'm just trying to think In my head, like, I've interviewed uh, I- Adam, sorry, carry on
0: Oh no, no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Dude, like, DDP, Jake the Snake Roberts Brian Cage, Donovan DiJack Before he's, you know, Dominic uh-huh. Now, like, you've got a lot of people there
1: Yeah, man, Adam Cole um uh Keith Lee, uh who else did I have? Um man, my, I had uh Damien oh. Slater, I mean when he came off of um the Cruiseweight Classic.
0: Oh, uh, um Kenneth Johnson there, I think was in there. Yeah,
1: Ken I had, yeah, Brian Kendrick. Yep. Um oh man, who I, else did I have?
0: Um did you have Nadia Sapphire, I could be wrong on that. I think Nadia Sapphire Yes, I
1: had Nadia, she was one of my she was one of my first Nadia Sapphire um oh, yeah she was one of my first man that was a interesting one um flip gordon yeah, uh, yeah flip gordon Uh key that's when he just started coming on uh coming up and that was one of kind of like my 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 last my last interviews um and that, that was that was interesting with flip um flip gordon uh and uh, yeah i mean my one that got away was jeff jarrett i was so close to getting jeff jarrett uh-huh. so close Um, and then it just yeah we set up a date and a time and stuff and I had this information and it just it just didn't you know didn't happen I mean I had uh Tyler Rex on there I did Lance Archer you know I've interviewed Lance Lance Archer and it's just mad you just look at all the people now you know and where they are and uh oh man it's just it's just mad and I, I think I might even just kind of go through uh at some point kind of go through some of my interviews and I don't know. I you know I thought about whether to do some form of an archive, you know, kind of episode, and just kind of just re, you know, or just give them to someone else to to do a little added segment if they wanted to kind of just replay some some old you know sort of old interviews. But yeah, man, it's it's it was a massive time for me, a very important time, and I
0: loved every minute of it. Jeff Jarrett, I mean, you almost got Jeff Jarrett, one of the absolute best, WWE Hall of Famer, WWF, WCW, uh, TNA, uh, again, that was one that you came so close on, right?
1: Yeah, man, so, so close I
0: had his information,
1: everything, we set a date, and
0: it just, yeah, it just didn't happen, it just didn't
1: happen, and it was big for me because I, um, you know, um, I enjoyed making my signature kind of intros for the show, and, you know, Jeff Jarrett like my one of my things I always used to kind of take from Jeff Jarrett was um slap nuts and like I just yeah I loved it loved it so to get him on would have been amazing but it just didn't kind of pan out but you know um with that being said I I enjoyed every interview I did I I learned every you know kind of I learned from every interview and um yeah, man, I just oh, I just still can't believe it. it's so surreal that, you know, the amount of people I ended up interviewing and the amount of, you know, superstars who are big in the WWE right now who I interviewed, it's just, it's crazy when I think about it. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, um, you know, previously I, um, I've got all of my interviews there archived, and you know, if any one of you guys want them to kind of use for archive uh, or just kind of put out there, I'm more than happy for you guys to take it. But it's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's great to 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 think back to those, to you know, to those times and those interviews.
0: Now, you talk about, here's the funny thing, because when I first started getting, like, the big ones, like Kid Cash, Lance Hoyt, who is now with Lance Archer AEW with Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, I mean, there's, like, uh, Alicia Toot, Killer Cross, I mean, there's so many people, Brian Pillman Jr., who you also had on the show as well, so there's a lot (laughs) of similarities between you and I, but I think the first one that I got was, like, I know you interviewed Evan Courageous, too, right, of three count? Yeah, that's right, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so that was like one of my first wrestling ones I did was with the Heaven Courageous of Three Count before I started getting to a lot of the wrestling ones. And that's the thing, though, because you mentioned that, that was very cool, because, I mean, independent circuits, I mean, in the Northeast, like your New York Wrestling Connections, where guys like Hawkins and Ryder and a lot of talent came from that area. So I always loved, like, giving back to the indies because, I mean, there's a lot of great stars on the independent circuit to speak. So I think that's where you got to start. I mean with the indies and then you can make your way up. So I think I like we I like the way how you progress like going from indies to uh you know the the stars that we see on today.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was it was really um important to kind of get them just before like you know you can hear that um cuz I used to obviously you'd read the dirt sheets and and kind of um you hear things about certain wrestlers in the dirt sheets and you're like, "Ooh, you know, they're going to get picked up at some point. You know they're going to get picked up." So you just kind of start to start to interview them it was the same you know when i found out that brian pillman jr was you know going with R- rog- rogers and he started to wrestle and i was like oh like i actually like i need to actually try and get this guy because that would be a coup you know he's training he's learning to wrestle this would be the ideal time to do it he's not associated with anyone um you know And it's the same with alpha female you know she was doing so much abroad she was doing so much abroad And it was just so good to be able to get someone who I thought, oh, she if she gets picked up by WWE, she's going to be huge. And uh, it was just such a thing. So, yeah, it's important to kind of look at who was on the cusp of of making it and uh, kind of getting in there just before they kind of, you know, WWE put shackles on them.
0: You know what's funny is too? That's right. Alpha Female, Jazzy Gabbard from NXT UK. That was another one, too, because I remember she did, like, a very brief run in TNA, and then mm-hmm. she was doing a lot of great work, on, you know, in the UK, and then there she is on NXT UK. That's right. I'm glad that you brought up Alpha Female because she was also one that I'd enjoy from the May Young Classic onward. Uh, yeah. Good times, Mike. Good times. All right. Now, one thing I got to mention as well is, like, I remember – When I got, okay, so you want to talk about people on the cusp. So I remember when I interviewed like Kelly Klein, for instance, right? Mm. So that was like 2016, 2017. You and I actually talked about this because I'm like, dude, like Ring of Honor, like she was starting to get into her group of Ring of Honor at the time. And I'm like, this is actually very cool. But then you like, you know what I always like to research too as well. Like I'm all about Mm. research, just history. But I'm like, God dang, I didn't realize like she was trained by Les Thatcher. She's worked over here. She's worked over there. I'm like, and that's cool. And you get to learn stuff as you're going along too.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, you learn things you just never knew, especially when you pick it up from your research, because you want to have a compelling interview. You want to make sure you touch up on on everything that you can and you're knowledgeable about these things. And it's not just hearsay and all those things, you know, and the way you phrase your questions to get the full story about certain things. And that was the great thing as well, was giving them the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk about certain things that they never talked about before. Um, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, it was. it's it's one of the things I, I think... Um, you know the one from from experience one that kind of shines out more is when I interviewed um you know Thea Trinidad um who was Z- zelina vega in WWE right now and you know she she mentioned you know I in the research I found out that her father you know died in nine eleven and and um I, I you just don't know whether it's okay to discuss that. So I had a phone call with her before we actually went on air and I said look is is it okay to talk about that she took a lot of pride and the fact that you know her father was part of that, and that um, you know the all the help that she does, you know, for charity in terms of nine um, eleven and things like that. So um, it was such a inspirational um, interview. But yeah, like you said, research is key, and you learn so much about these people.
0: God dang man, I remember. You know what's funny is I remember I forgot what TNA pay per view was, but yeah, they actually honored the uh, victims at seven uh, with a nine eleven. <laughs> Like, I I, you know, that's the thing too because like she's talked about it on WWE. But yeah, like I can't even imagine that because as someone you know from New York, nine eleven, my aunt was like a couple buildings down from when you know the World Trade Center and all that went down. So I'm like, yeah, man, that's that's very impactful and it's you know something that really just takes a hold on your life. Yeah. So I'm right there with you, man. But yeah, finding out stuff like that and finding out great research going into interviews is really what encompasses you as the interviewer that you are. I got to ask you something else here, Mr. Kenny Keller, because I'm doing a lot of work now with Wrestling With Wrestling with Andre Corbill. You and Andre Corbill have a little bit of history. I mean, Bill Aptor won wrestling. Can you talk about that experience, sir?
1: Oh, man, that was, uh, again, that was very, very interesting um, because the stuff with One Wrestling, Bill Apter, um, you know, um, Billy Ray, uh, you know, Big Ray, uh, you know, Fame Black, um, Andre called Bill, um, Anthony Quintana, like, all those guys, Track Brown, that came about because, again, doing research on on Twitter and finding out more about, you know, these guys that have other podcasts, and that's just the thing. It was about getting in touch with other people who have, other, who have podcasts, making a connection, and then, you know, kind of guesting on each one and um you know over there obviously bill actor's massive and um i thought that there was an opportunity again to kind of link up there and those guys loved what i did and they you know they loved my cadence and to have a british guy on their show um they just felt that it would just be a really you know really good so um that's you know kind of that's what's happened there and then after a while and you know kind of building a relationship with the guys they introduced me to bill and um, what they wanted to do was for me to do run uh, a, a separate show um, for One Wrestling, which was aimed at New Japan, um, and uh, yeah, just kind of giving an update there on New Japan and, and, and updating the latest stuff that was happening there and Man, it was such a good learning experience to be able to have a show, um, you know, based on on One Wrestling and being kind of um, looked upon by Bill Apter as something, you know, the content that he wanted from myself. So it was very humbling and it was a really, really good experience. And again, Andre, having Andre on the show and being on on his shows and, and stuff. And um, yeah, he's a really quirky guy, man, a really nice guy, um, a workaholic, um, you know, always always trying to make sure that he's, you know, kind of uh, available and promoting other people as well as as himself. Um, so, yeah, got a lot of time and a lot of love for that guy
0: that's the thing too and i joke with andre because he has that voice ladies and gentlemen wrestling fans <laughs> tuning in worldwide so i mean but with, with andre like you mentioned workaholic i mean a dude like you guys talk about bill after i mean the man for wrestling illustrated i remember seeing him doing a lot of uh, old school photography along with paul Heyman at madison square garden that we've seen that's been documented in paul Heyman's uh, dvd for wwe so it's great just to see like andre just do his thing from you know working with vince russo working with run wrestling and just the overall work. And I think a lot of people don't give Andre a lot of credit because he like frigging kills it. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, we've seen it with uh we've interviewed him for max in the hot seat back in 2016. Daz and butcher did. He just did a promo battle with Travis, the Walker Anderson last year, promo series. The guy has a mind and he's very knowledgeable, Kenny.
1: Mm, yeah no very very knowledgeable very very and i still kind of you know check out those guys and see what they're doing and making sure that you know everyone's okay and you know their you know um, what their views are on the business at the moment because the business has changed so much over the last couple of years you know so um it's always good to find out the views of you know of your peers
0: now i'm curious because you also mentioned the business has changed i mean wwe ring of honor new japan which by the way on a side note that's why i also hate and sometimes i always go in the trivia with oh here comes the new japan question of course kenny's gonna know it. but i also have to thank you for that and i joke about it with that with you because you're actually the one that introduced new japan to us uh, on max there because we knew about new japan we'd watch like a little bit of it but we weren't as hooked as we were with the wrestle kings like you were so we got to thank you for the new japan knowledge as well <laughs>
1: I had no problem, man. Yeah, you know, um, I think a lot of us, uh, you know, a lot of the crew, um, especially the Sunday Segway um, contingent, were late to New Japan, you know. Um, and it was just, you know, so I think it's just a culture thing, you know. We're not it's something that we're not used to watching, and um, and then you just you get into it and you realize actually I've missed out on a lot, and I'm just glad I got into it when I did, and I'm glad you know I kept knocking on that door with Daz, I kept saying, mate, you need to watch you need to watch this, you need to watch this. And then finally they watched it and it was just like, yes, mate. Now you know what you've been missing out. And then the rest, you know, the rest is kind
0: of history. Exactly. And I got to say, people, if you want to see a badass photo, your photo with Nakamura is still one of my (sighs) favorite photos. Dude, man, when I
1: think about, like, now we're going over this and I'm in the hot seat and I'm re-looking back on... On my podcasting career and uh, in wrestling, and looking at the people I've interviewed, the people I've met, the friends I've made, and just the wrestlers I've even met, and going to you know going to wrestling shows with the segheads. I mean that one that show is such a big show, you know, that I went to with Rev Pro, and um, it, was, it just meant it meant so it's so dear to my heart because that was the very first meetup with the segheads that we all went to a wrestling show together enjoyed the show we all got to meet like AJ Styles we got to meet um Nakamura got to meet Okada got to meet Tanahashi got to meet Liger um Carl Anderson and um and Luke Gallows you know we got to meet all those guys and and it was the first time we were meeting each other and it was like we've always known each other you know um so that that picture you know it's it means it means a lot
0: I gotta say, well, that's a beautiful thing, man. You get to meet up with people at uh, professional wrestling events and get to meet you. You know, just just overall, I think a lot of people don't realize like the professional wrestling experience live is absolutely amazing. I'll be honest, the first ever wrestling event I went to was um, 2002 at the Continental Airlines Arena at the time. That was actually when Eric Bischoff became the general manager of Raw, so oh, I got. Wow. To be- yeah, so that was my first ever wrestling experience. Like, I, I've always said, I've gotten to the game late. Like, I knew about wrestling as a kid, but I didn't start watching it until, like, 2002 when John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, and Brock Lesnar were all on the come-up. So, yeah, my first event was that. And Now, here, here's something that that'll, like, blow your mind here, so first event was that. My first pay-per-view event was SummerSlam 2002, which a lot of people consider one of the best pay-per-views of that year, with Brock Lesnar and The Rock, Shawn Michaels coming back, and then I got the chance to go to a Survivor Series with the first ever Elimination Chamber, Brock and Big Show. So it was a hell of a time for professional wrestling, Kenny.
1: Yeah, man, that year. And that year, you know what, it's synonymous for me as well, because it's the year I left school, and that's the year which I stopped watching wrestling for a year, and Mm -hmm. I regret it so much. (laughs) I like... uh... Because Looking back on it now and you know, kind of going you know, retrospectively watching it and thinking to myself, why I missed you know, summer all oh, that whole year, which was such a big year, man, and I missed it. Um, but luckily, you know, with the wrestling how it is, you get to go back and you can you know, watch these things and and catch up. Uh, but yeah, man, what what are two shows to go to?
0: I know. And that's the thing too. Like a lot of people don't realize, like, I mean, people call it the Ruthless Aggression Era, but it was a hell of a time for professional wrestling. And then we got to see what they did on the network with the, uh, uh, you know, culminating with the Ruthless Aggression Era. But what's cool about it is too, we talk about wrestling nowadays. So I got to ask you, uh, we, we mentioned WWE Ring of Honor. There's a lot, there's alternatives. There's a lot of great, uh, professional wrestling that's out there today kenny uh, aew is now there so i gotta ask you what are your thoughts on aew and the crux that we see now at the uh, nxt aew on wednesdays and we get to see a lot of professional wrestling on wednesday nights
1: okay so um nxt um i mean i was watching fcw so you know what i mean so i knew i knew everything there was to, to know about the transition from fcw to nxt mm-hmm. so i followed these guys you know um, from Roman Reigns was Liecki and you know I've I, I followed all of these guys, you know. Um, so then when NXT became like proper NXT, not NXT 2010 when they're you know kind of no. doing the madness. I'm talking like NXT 2012 when it was proper NXT, and I read and I and I and I and I realized okay now we're going to see these guys. Your richie steamboats and your and your and your and your nevels your packs and stuff like we're going to actually see them now in nxt on a, our on a actual show and how they're going to format it it was so exciting and i've been a massive nxt mark you know since it began um so now um you know looking at what they're doing um going head to head with 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 uh, AEW, it was inevitable that something like that was going to happen because, you know, um Triple H is gonna he's gonna, you know, put his money where his mouth is and he's gonna put his talent up against the best. And it he wants to push the talent to make sure that they can they know what it is to to be pushed, you know? They know what it's like to be pushed. And although WWE will say that they don't see AEW as you know, it's competition, which they're writing to say because of how big they are. Um, it's a, it's an interesting time because now there's someone who, you know, who owns a football club over here who has the money in the bankroll to be able to do something like this. And when I heard AEW was starting to form, um, and you know, the guys that were involved, I thought, oh, this is going to be very interesting because the knock-on effect, the domino effect that that had with the affiliation with ROH, New Japan, and everyone just moving kind of sideways, ROH. Is, hasn't been the same since you know uh-huh. and um, it's it is such a massive thing so now you know adding Jim Ross to it and um, you know adding other guys and you know um, uh, old WWE guys kind of go in there I um, you know I have high hopes for AEW for sure um, you know when it comes to head to head with NXT I'm always going to back NXT because that's you know something that I've followed for a very long time doesn't mean that I'm not um, you know, interested in AEW, and I do watch it, and I think it's a good. I think it's a uh, it's a good promotion. It's well run. I like the way that they're doing. You know, the um, no scripts and giving people um, just maybe bullet points or letting them, you know, do their own promos because it shows realness within their characters and with the people they're trying to portray. And um, I think that. Yep. Sometimes they, you know, they, they do some rookie things, um, you know, where it comes to certain shots and too many spot fesses. And for me, certain matches that people are high on sometimes I'm not high on because I feel like they're just doing things just to do them certain comedy spots that don't need to be in there and certain, you know, kind of high spots just don't need to be in there. But all in all, I think it's a good promotion. I think it's a good product. Um, I think they're they're going to, they're going to keep growing and growing and, it's going to be interesting to see once the novelty wears off, you know, they've got their hardcores, but it's about the new fans. And if they can embrace the new fans, and if they can be so different to WWE, you know, I think they're, they're onto, onto a good thing. Uh, yeah, I definitely think they're onto a good thing.
0: Oh, you said it best with, like, description. scripts. And it, it's, it's authentic, man, and just being real and giving, like you mentioned, the bullet points. And I'll be honest with you. As a wrestling fan, there is a lot of the spot fest, and dare I say, excuse my language, it's kind of a clusterfuck at times when you see (laughs) a lot of those spots. But, I mean, I think it's great for a lot of people to get their – you know, their foot in the door with AEW All Elite Wrestling. And you get to see a lot of great talents in there from Cody Rhodes, from Darby Allin, the Young Bucks, uh, LAX, Santana, and Ortiz are now proud and powerful. So, I mean, there's a lot, it's a lot of great um, talent there, as well as new people to come into for another, um, you know, for another company as well. Like, I'll be honest, Kristen Statlander, trained by Kurt Hawkins, created pro mm-hmm. wrestling. For me, I remember watching her stuff from, uh, I mean, she did an Impact Twitch show AML Confrontation, had the chance to interview around that time period, but to see how she's grown, I mean, she did an extra spot on WWE where she was in a tag match with the Iconics and being one of the focal points of the AEW Women's Division. So I think that's cool, and also with her character, you look at a person with the alien like she's into astrology, so she took herself and how she is as a person, and she upped the level with the character. I mean, look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was the ringmaster. Then he just let him be himself, Stone Cold Steve Austin, same the rock if you have that person just be themselves but turn the volume up it's wonderful and they'll do wonders
1: Mm, yeah i think aew if they take Bits from other promotions, like for instance with TNA and what they did, with building a nucleus of guys. You know, this is at the beginning with building a nucleus with your AJ Styles and your, you know, um, Chris your Benet. Christopher Daniels and uh, you know Chris uh, Chris Sabans and your you know James Storms and stuff. You had your nucleus. You had guys that they built up from nothing to something, and then you know, um, then they added in the old WWE guys, but that got a bit too repetitive. So if AEW built this stuff around guys like Darby Allen. You know what I mean? Like we're talking, we're in 2020 and you're you know, your straight edge and your and your kind of steampunk and like it's that we're in that era. And to build something around Darby Allen, you know, as whether he's a mid-card guy or whatever, like that's something that you need. You got your Moxley, But you one thing I just hope that they don't do too much is obviously there's gonna be people that are coming from WWE um yeah. who are looking for jobs. Um and I just don't want them to overpopulate themselves with those guys. I want them to you know, look at the, the guys, look at the potential they have and look at the characters they may be able to portray on TV as so different to their WWE characters and and get over, you know, and give them the opportunity to get over um, as they've done with Pac. They've got Pac in the time where he had gone away from WWE for a good year and a half, two years, Dragon Gate, built on his persona. And then AEW got him in at the right time where he's gone so far away from WWE. It's, you know, who who even remembers him in WWE, you know what I mean? So, I, um... Yeah.
0: No, I'm just saying, Kenny, I get it, because I'll be honest, is watching him from when he was feuding with goddamn Enzo Amore, excuse my language, but it's just like with Pac, I was always a fan, like when he was teamed with Oliver Gray, teamed with Corey Graves and NXT, NXT Tag Team Championships, you know where I'm going with this, NXT Mm -hmm. Championship, uh, the latter match with Bo Dallas. Like, I I loved Neville, and then we got to see him on the main roster, and he had the cape and the whole nine. I remember the match with Stephen Amell, I believe it was SummerSlam with him and Cody and King Barrett at the time. But I'm just like, God dang, man, there's more you could do. That's why I love when he was in the Cruiserweight division and what happened with that. And then getting to see him on AEW, one of the focal points, doing his thing with Kenny Omega, being a part of the uh, the Black Triangle, I believe it is now, the Death Triangle with the uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Like, there's so many ways that you could go with this. And like you mentioned with the WWE talent coming in, like a lot of people want to see Rusev go there. But that's the thing, man. How many former WWE people are we going to get here so we don't turn into WCW 2.0, if that makes any sense? Because you, like you mentioned, you don't want to overpop with the WWE talent.
1: Yeah, Rusev could be big in AEW, but you know what? I think Rusev could be even bigger in New Japan.
0: Exactly, and I think he would have a great run there in New Japan. You could build him up. I mean, there's so many championships there from the uh, the Never Openweight Championship, the IWGP Championship, the Intercontinental Championship. So I think he would have a great time in that division.
1: 100%.
0: Now, Mr. Kenny Kill, I got to say this about you, because we've been shooting the breeze on a lot of professional wrestling. I got to ask you, because we did mention one in there. You talked about TNA. Uh, for me, I watch a lot, of, a lot of companies, and I enjoy what I watch, man. Now, here in the States, we get impact on Access TV. I got to ask you, have you been keeping up with the impact wrestling side of things?
1: No, no, not at all. Not at all, I'm not even going to lie, not at all. Um, You know, I was, I got in, um, I watched TNA from the beginning, 2002, probably all the way up until maybe 2006, Mm I think, 2006, 2007, maybe 2008, and then I just stopped uh, altogether. Um, And uh, yeah, so I haven't really been keeping, you know, keeping an eye on it um, as much as I used to.
0: Be honest with you, don't, (laughs) here's where I say be honest. (laughs) You don't worry about it because here's the thing i grew up as a tna fan in 2004 now i think for me because i missed out on nwa tna like 2002 2003 right so 2004 is actually a very good time to start watching that because you had the second anniversary special which was my first special jeff hardy's debut against aj styles for the x division championship and 2004 mm-hmm. is 2004's impact the show came into fruition and then you got to see you know the eater styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe unbreakable 2005. And then they started getting the ball rolling on spike TV and obviously management changes over the years, but I got to say watching it now, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff on there as well. Like Tessa Blanchard is the first ever female world heavyweight champion on the show. Uh, you get to see people like Michael Elgin and Eddie Edwards. You get to see a lot of different tag teams like the North, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. So I mean, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of new crop of talent, and I mean, I I want to see them flourish and I want to see them you know succeed. But I gotta say this, man, as someone who has been watching since 04, you definitely see the changes. And I'll and I'll be honest, because when you said 08, 09, it made me laugh, Kenny, because that was probably the year that i kind of stopped buying the pay-per-views and my dad was like, oh we my dad because my dad and i like i said i love my dad i love my folks because my dad was a big wrestling fan uh, we had a family friend that was a big wrestling fan so that's who really got me into it but yeah around 2008 2009 we kind of stopped getting the pay-per-views so that made me <laughs> when you said that
1: <laughs> oh man yeah i mean yeah tna is not something i'm watching at the moment but um i keep an eye on mlw um you know i as soon as uh because I listen to- you know, Court Barrow a lot because uh, obviously I listened to um, I listened to um, post wrestling and when it was the law and stuff, and you know they always had uh, Court Barrow on, and um, you know so I've known Court Barrow, um, you know I've known about Court Barrow for a long time, and when I found that he, he was bringing MRW back, cause I know he did it previously, I didn't watch it previously, but when I heard he was bringing it back, I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. But then they um, I found out they had a, a spot on UK TV on Free Sport. Um, and when I found that out, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching this now. Um, so I recorded, man, and, um, and when I found out, obviously, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. Um, get, got signed to MLW and Teddy Hart was there and, and stuff, uh, I was like, yeah, I need, to, I need to see the new crop. I need to see these guys. It's where I first got introduced to Ace Austin. I know Ace Austin's on, um, on Impact now, um, you know, and I thought we had a good gimmick with the magician stuff. And, you know, um, so that was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to see, I got to see more people like Pentagon and, you know, on there, uh, and Ray Phoenix, uh, Ray Horace, um, um, and and those guys, yeah, MJ, oh, that was my first introduction to MJF, and I thought this guy is going to be something now. He's going to be the best heel in the world. Like, this guy okay. is going to, you know? And um, it was such a nice kind of learning curve for him to be in MLW and, and uh, you know, kind of get that, that exposure. I and mean, this is why I think that, you know, with Brian Pillman Jr. being there, you know, um, and, you know, Harry Smith being there to, to, to support him, it's, you know, it's perfect. It's perfect. And, uh, yeah, man, MLW, got have got a lot of time for, for that promotion, man.
0: Definitely. Here in the States, what's amazing, because that's where I also first got introduced to MJF, like, again, being in the New Yorker, I've gotten the chance to see him live at the New York Wrestling Connection, because, okay, so for people that don't know, in New York, the New York Wrestling Connection on Long Island was in Deer Park. So, Deer Park, where I lived, it was about 15 minutes from my house. So, going to see local wrestling on a Saturday night was awesome. And you got to see people like MJF, uh, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver, who are now on AEW with The Dark Order. Um, we get You got to see a lot of people that came from there. Bull James. I mean, the list goes on and on, Kenny. But MJF is one of those guys. I mean, listening to him do an interview with Alicia too. I mean, you got a guy who was influenced by the greats like Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And it shows him, man, he's got the heel mannerisms down pat to a T, and he's just someone that you just want to choke. And that's the thing, man, about evoking emotions in professional wrestling. Like he is just gonna keep continuing to flourish and just gonna keep continuing just to succeed, man. I love MJF.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. And I just hope that some recruit. When Ravishing Rick Rude was, um, you know, um, when he started coming into prominence in WWF at the time, he was such a dastardly heel man. He was such a dastardly, but he could back it up in the ring. Um, And MGF is good, but I think he could be even better. Uh, And I just wait for that time uh, to see, you know, his star shine even brighter.
0: And that's the thing too, man. You mentioned ravishing Rick Rude again. God rest his soul. We're just coming upon the anniversary of his death. But for me, ravishing Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior, ravishing Rick Rude and WWE, WCW, Degeneration X. Of course, having the ladies on his crotch. The whole, the whole entrance that he had, ravishing Rick Rude. One of the absolute best, Hall of Famer indeed. But dude, I gotta say this: the Jake the Snake Roberts feud was the one that really kind of that amped it up for me. I love going back and watching me some ravishing Rick Rude
1: oh man yeah yeah the good old days man i i just i just love it like i just love it and i always go back to like when i uh you know um i want to give a shout out to the osw guys uh because Jay hunter and those guys the v1 when i when i look at nostalgia these guys like because they still go back to look at nostalgia and the way they do the shows or recap the shows it's so funny, and I just love it. And it just it makes me watch such a nostalgic time with a with a smile on my face. So I got to give a shout out to OSW Review and Jay Hunter, uh, V One, um, and those guys OCC because uh, OOC sorry because it's just they're just bringing back old school wrestling, you know, um, and making it fun. Uh, I don't know if you if you watch those guys or listen to those guys, but uh, they just make it fun. And I'm tell you now, if you if you haven't. Just go and check out OSW review. As a guy that loves nostalgia, uh, Mike OSW review is the one, man.
0: Bro, I gotta thank you for that recommendation because now I gotta check that out. And that's the thing, um, man. Too because we get the learn from each other, man. And like I said, hey, if it's a Kenny Killer stamp of approval and if it's a Kenny Killer recommendation, I'm all on it. So thank you for that,
1: dude. I will I will hit you up with the link after we come off off the air um, because now I'm getting excited because I know my guy who's into nostalgia like me has never watched this and he's going to be so gassed about this. Like, you know, so I'm excited now that I know that you're going to be, you know, you're going to be watching it.
0: Bro, I'm a, I'm a nostalgia guy, man. Like I said, I love old school stuff. And, I mean, we get to see that now with actually the current knowledge champion because Moses Marquez does a lot of retro rewind stuff and the concept of that is here's, I'm going to make you the recommendation because, of course, with Max Wrestling, we provide the alternative with trivia, with promo challenges, and we provide a lot of great wrestling analysis. But for you, I'm going to say this, and I'll send you the link after this. Moses Marquez, check out SoundCloud.com. Slash smart mark radio, they do a show called The Retro Rewind, man. where They cover WCW and they covered WWF at the time, the Monday Night Wars. So, I will send you that link as well. Check out Moses Marquez. Nice, will do. I got your back, Kenny. But I gotta say this about you, besides the wrestling side of things, and here's where I love you, man dad cast with the men down. You get to do a lot of great things on the air, and on the airwaves, bruh. And you get to see a lot of you guys talking about fatherhood. And I've really and i been on a lot of those live feeds and just saying hello. And I got to say, I really love the work that you're doing with DadCast and the whole nine there. Because for me, you know, it gives us an insight on fatherhood and parenting. And just seeing, because, man, I know you got a beautiful family. you got beautiful kids. And I wish you nothing but love and happiness always on that front. But, dude, it gives you a great insight on fatherhood. So can you tell us, how did DadCast with the Mandem come into fruition? Because I love what you're doing
1: so um it all starts with the end of sunday segway really um when i uh when i decided to end sunday segway it was because uh you have to look at things in terms of in- return on investment and i was spending a lot of time by myself doing the show by myself um i had a partner in crime um uh, shugs and he kind of um you know uh kind of um kind of went to one side at uh, at one point which made it difficult for me to just you know do the editing and do everything else so um, and that's why I had to kind of reinvent Sunday Segway in, in, in a different way and really kind of, um, really kind of look at getting more people on to cover that. But, um, but at the same time it was, yeah, on investment. I was spending too much time doing it once a week, too much time away from the family. And I decided, okay, that needs to stop. And I'm, you know, I'm going to do something different and I want to do something around fatherhood. And I think there's a massive gap here. And, uh, that's when, um, you know, I kind of run the idea passed uh you know one of my uh one of my good friends uh jace clarkson um you worked together at the time and i said to him you know what i i kind of want to do this thing man like i i'm gonna stop doing segway and i want to start talking about fatherhood and you know he's a father as well and hes a father of two and we decided to put this thing together and and start doing it and i mean at first it just started to be just a youtube show you know jace had a youtube show around gaming and i had the podcast and we had both had expertise around it so we just decided to do it and uh you know the youtube shows then kind of started picking up and we decided okay we now have to do something about this because we're becoming more of a community initiative and um, and that's when our partnerships started coming with radio, you know, our local radio station, and and um, then uh, you know our lucky, local one of the community organisations that gives out funding. And the first funding we got, we got funding for a thousand pounds to help us, you know, do our show. Uh, and that allowed us to buy equipment and things like that. And uh, we've been getting funding from them ever since. You know, we're in our third year now. We're now incorporated as a community interest company. And, uh, you know, which means that we're in the space now where if we wanted to pay ourselves, we can, you know, so um, and it's just evolved from there. It's evolved from uh, a, podca- a podcast or a YouTube show now to a radio show. You know, we are, we're on, uh, on BCFM in Bristol um, with our partners, um, you know, over at Ecom Media. Uh, And, you know, we also now have a partnership with a a local children's scrap store where we run um, sessions called DadCraft, which allows fathers to bring their kids down and be recreational together and, you know, kind of um, create things together. And, you know, again, we get paid for doing that. So it's it's built with it built up nicely. And, um, you know, it's just something I love doing. I love being a father and I love giving, you know, um, the platform. Um, I love giving fathers the platform to talk about their kids and share their experiences so yeah man, it's a a, a lovely thing that we're doing, I can do it um, you know, regularly, radios once a week um, on a Monday Um, it doesn't take too much time up and our YouTube shows are once a month and our uh, sessions uh, with the scrap store are once a month so it doesn't take too much time away from the family, plus my kids can get involved because it's obviously um, around kids, Um, um, all of our partners our wives are involved as well so it's uh you know it's like a family thing so yeah it's a it's a i'm very proud of what you know what i've kind of um done with segway but what i'm currently doing now with that cast all
0: right and here's where i gotta say this and i say this with the utmost respect and sincerity with the overall friendship that we had You son of a bitch. And the reason why I say you (laughs) son of a bitch, because I'm going to be honest with you, as a podcast, I think you could tell with my work, I like to provide a variety because I'll be honest with you people, sometimes I just don't want to talk about professional wrestling. I love professional (laughs) wrestling. But there's more to who you are than just being the professional wrestler fan. That's why I like DadCast because you get to help people with fatherhood and you get to help people with parenthood and you give advice, you know, and it's for people and it's lovely and it's giving back to the people, right? So for me, I love talking about pop culture because I was a pop culture nerd. I liked music. I like movies. I like this. So I wanted to provide a variety with what I'm doing on my network and I'm just like – people i could we could talk you know what it is too and i hate the stigma too is because we're we're passionate professional wrestling fans we love professional wrestling but we can also talk about other stuff if that makes sense and it's just like i like doing pop culture stuff and i'll be honest with you i like giving people the platform to tell their story like one of my favorite interviews was interviewing kim coffee because there was this girl that i went to high school with she passed away days before her prom from meningococcal disease meningitis and i'm like Giving her the platform to talk about this foundation that she has and raising awareness for meningitis is awesome because I think it's other avenues to explore. And that's why I like the avenue that you've explored with Dadcast and what you guys are doing on the radio, because I can listen to that. And somebody who's a new father or someone who's, you know, going through some stuff with their parenthood and whatnot, you guys can provide advice and help people with that sort of thing, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that that's the whole point. Like it was not just it was just realizing as a father that there's a massive gap. You know, there's a massive gap and it's needed. And that's the thing as well with looking at moving from Segway to that cast, because there's a million podcasts. There's a million wrestling podcasts. And, you know, yeah, we had a a, a niche group. You know, we had a great group. We had um, a nice kind of pool of fans and listeners that we had. Um, but it could only go so far, you know, and, and there, again, there wasn't that much with the effort that I was putting into it and the amount of time I was putting into it, I didn't feel like I had, there was a return on investment. There was in terms of friends and, you know, helping others and, and um, you know, the kind of network I created out of that and, you know, seeing how other people have progressed out of that. But apart from that, you know, monetary wise and, and um, you know, and uh, kind of uh, not status, but you know being able to move on to other things wise that didn't happen but with Dadcast, there's a gap there we've built partnerships we're getting paid for work that we're doing we're doing part you know partnership with, with with loads of different people we're hosting events it's loads of different things um and it's uh and it's more of a realistic thing which isn't as niche you know uh so it, it and, and that's the thing it's it's if you have to make hard decisions when you're doing things like this, and Dadcast is a business now, and it's, you know, it's you have to make hard decisions. And moving from Segway to to Dadcast was, I think, was uh, uh, the correct move for me at the time.
0: See, that's the thing with me too, because like besides wrestling and stuff, like I was telling you this because a lot of people know this now. I do a lot of work with LFC Laundry Fighting Championships. I'm part of the social mm. team. I do management. And you and I were talking about this, and I'm like. Kenny, I wanted to give people a platform, and that's why I named the show Beauty, Strength, and Dominance, which is the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. I have the chance to provide female empowerment, and also just because my mother is one of my biggest influences, and my grandmother is, God rest her soul, so I wanted to do a podcast where it helps women and empowers them for who they are, and I'll be honest with you, is it great to be around beautiful women in lingerie? Of course it is. It's sexy, you know, from the physical standpoint and the overall appearance of the women, but, you know, if you can understand where I'm coming from, there's more to that you know it's, it's get, not just about the physical side it's about getting into their hearts you know what i'm saying the platform to tell their story like we've said in this show and it really gets to show just like you know it's a different alternative with mixed martial arts and women's mixed martial arts you know it's it's still badass and they kick butt but they're in lingerie so i, I wanted to provide people that aspect and i think I, I love what i'm doing man just providing that empowerment if that makes sense
1: yeah and good for you because again you know it's that you know there was an opportunity there to use your skills Um, to you know benefit others in a different area and a different sport and it's allowed you to to kind of go into a different avenue still loving to do the wrestling stuff you know um, but now you're making movements in other circles that can hopefully help propel you into a you know different areas and different things so I have to yeah when I found out that's what you were doing and you know I had to ask more about it because it's interesting it's 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 different than what we normally do so um yeah so good for you.
0: Yeah, that's the thing too, and a lot of people don't realize. By the way, if you go, and I'll I'll send you the link. But they're actually Mia Yim and um, uh, Sienna under different monikers. Were actually a part of LFC back in the day. So if you want to see some hot lingerie wearing from Mia Yim and Sienna, it's there as well. And that's the thing; like you get to see, you get to learn a lot of aspects about it. And to me, I was also a mixed martial arts fan. I mean, there's a lot of wrestling. That's the thing; a lot of people don't realize like the tie-in and correlations with mixed martial arts and pro wrestling from your Ken Shamrocks and someone who you have got to interview, which was another big one that I enjoyed, Dan Severn. And oh, yeah, Dan the B 7 and women's mixed martial arts with the Ronda Rousey's, the Shayna Baszler's, the Jessamyn Dukes, and every one of the four MMA horsewomen who were in the WWE. And you get to just, in you know, pick your brain into a different field. And I've always respected combative nature. I remember watching boxing as a kid and my, my grandfather got rest this sitting on his lap. So it always interested me. So it gets, you know, you have to pick your brain and learn stuff about the MMA and a little bit of the boxing and different, you know, styles of, of combat there, Mr. Kenny Keller. So I think it's cool.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely cool, man. It's, 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 it's funny because uh, when I think about, you know, how, you know, we, we, we are addicted to, to wrestling, it's something that we grew up with and it's something that will never shift. And it's funny how that has allowed us to be, you know, even more passionate and addictive, you know, in other areas as well. And um, wrestling paid, has paved the way for a lot of things that we're currently doing now. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world
0: me either and i also have a couple final things i want to ask you which kenny i gotta say this man we gotta do more of these in the future just more shows together dude i love you you're one of my i'm gonna say You're one of my mentors your dad's mentor butcher you've helped us along the way and i gotta say i thank you for that man i love just you know having you on just to shoot the breeze and just to talk to you outside of this i gotta say i appreciate you thank you for your time today
1: yeah no problem man i'm always about and that's the thing. I want people to know, don't get it twisted. Like I don't do a wrestling podcast anymore, but that doesn't mean I'd stop talking about wrestling. So I'm still here. I'm still about, thank you for, you know, um, for you guys, uh, for getting me on your shows and, um, being still being able to be involved and see your growth. So yeah, anytime, uh, just let me know. And I'll always be there for you guys.
0: All right, couple final things. One thing I have to say is what we found out last year in Iron Bank, we found out that you and former promo champion Amir BlackBane Costello love Darkwing Duck. Let's get dangerous. So I think... <laughs> So you, the three of us can do a pop culture show on the Darkwing Duck in the future. So we'll, we'll do that because you guys got me hooked on some Darkwing Duck and I love you both for that because that's <laughs> so great. Uh, but another thing I got to mention is so with Max Wrestling, we provide the alternative from the knowledge standpoint and the promo championship with that being back. So I got to ask you, Phoenix is in this. Uh, Our own Phoenix, from a video and visual standpoint, doing some promos. We have former WSU tag team champion Brittany Savage, who teamed with AJ Lee, is in this promo league. And we have a lot of great people on the come up, like Amir and our current champion, who is uh, the Demon S, Nikola McDonald. So I got to ask you, sir, Mr. Slap Nuts, Mr. Kenny Killer, that you are my brother, would would a promo league or a promo style competition interest you for the future? Because we got a lot of stuff going on, Max. And I wanted to ask you to get your thoughts on that.
1: Uh, well, I did speak to Daz about the promo stuff. He did let me know about the knowledge championship and also about the promo stuff. And to be fair, I, I did decline the promo stuff because I kind of wanted to step away from, from, from that area of of um, you know of, of the 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 kind of things that you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did really uh, feel that I could do it justice. Um, knowledge would be there forever so um, I you know kind of definitely threw my, my name in the hat when it comes to the knowledge championship um, but yeah um, I, I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing especially with the promo league and getting more people involved because the more people involved it means the more that they can promote that and the more they can promote match wrestling so um, yeah I, I, en- I enjoy uh, what you guys are doing and um, I just think that you guys are, are being really creative and, and you know kind of um, using your initiative to, to move in different areas and different direction so yeah well done to you guys
0: man fair enough thank you for that i appreciate the input but one other thing before i have you promote the social medias and Dadcast and the whole nine kenny uh, i love asking this because you're a veteran and you do a lot of great work from Dadcast from sunday segway that you did and you have just had an amazing amazing career in your overall field so i ask you mr kenny keller what advice would you give for people that want to start getting into podcasting and doing the radio stuff like you're doing what advice would you give them
1: um, okay, so do something you love. Okay, Do something you love, you're, you're really passionate about. Um, you can start it by yourself. Get others involved. Reach out to other people. If it's as niche as what wrestling is, reach out to other people because they will be happy to be in touch with someone who is like-minded like them um, and being given the opportunity. So reach out to others and, um, yeah, just reach out to other podcasts as well to, to learn, you know, to learn new things. Um, that's how I got started. Um, I reached out to, um, a lovely, lovely woman in the States called Sierra Reed. And, uh, she was the one that helped us start Sunday Segway, man. She gave us a lot of, a lot of advice and, uh, Yeah, I I would definitely say reach out. I'm available. You know, you can get me at Killer on on Twitter. I'm available if anyone wants, you know, needs some support or guidance or even just to help get things started like I did with, you know, with you guys. I'm always about to help. Um, But, yeah, just make sure you get the right equipment, get the right people involved and just be passionate about what it is that you're doing. Don't worry if it's as niche as it is. And, you know, it doesn't matter because if it's niche, you know, there's still going to be other people interested in what you're doing as well. Um, and sometimes it's better in a smaller circle, you know, with, 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 if it's niche. So yeah, just, uh, like I said, get the right equipment, get the right people involved, um, get in touch with people. Um, and yeah, and you know, doesn't matter whether you're afraid or whether you don't know whether you can do it, start somewhere. Our first episode, um, was, was nuts i listened to it back back the other day and it was mad you know from where we started to where we ended up so you have to start somewhere so uh
0: yeah that's that's my advice same thing uh, before, <laughs> you, okay. no you because you see you segued pun intended here because uh, <laughs> when i first listened back to my shows from 2015 oh it's rough but people i think the best thing to say is if you're podcasting and you're starting out the best way to I think Daz has mentioned this and I think you've told Daz the best way to keep you know to get better podcasting is just by keep doing it
1: yeah yeah I remember Daz he was nervous as hell man oh man he was he barely spoke when he first came <laughs> on um he was nervous man but uh, well, you see him now look at him now like right? uh-huh. you know the rest yeah. is history
0: yeah and the Facebook views I mean you, 10k man can you believe that I mean friggin people just click it on Facebook 10k Kenny
1: amazing amazing better than we ever could do so i'm very
0: happy for him man me too so uh kenny killer you mentioned the twitter at kenny killer please promote the uh, instagrams as well dadcast man go right ahead yeah.
1: So, so like I mentioned before, you can get me this at Kidney Killer on Twitter. Um, That's my personal Twitter. Um, For DadCast, it's um, at DadCastWTMD on all socials. That's uh Facebook, that's also Instagram, and that's also Twitter. And on YouTube to get our monthly shows. Um, they're timeless, so they're on different uh, based on different things. Um, our first episode was on sleep, and um, then it goes on to do from pregnancy from a father's perspective. So there's loads and loads of different themes. So you can go on to YouTube and find us at uh, www.youtube.com forward slash DadCast with the Mandem.
0: DadCast with the mendem Sunday segue. Check out Kenny Killa on Max Wrestling. And dude, you're Max Wrestling OG, and that's why I always will define you, because you've always been on so many Max Wrestlings as well. And I got to say this about you. So if you win... The Knowledge Championship, besides being three-time and I'm the Iron Bank winner, I'm going to steal line from someone I know, that being you. I'm coming for you, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, I welcome it, bro. I welcome it. <laughs>
0: All right. The feud will continue. The friendship never ends. Kenny Keller, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you.